Hi, y'all. I'm Opal. And I'm Pearl. And we are the host of Southern Fried Frights. Absolutely, we are skeptical, self-appointed, non-committal, port-swinging investigators. Our tall tales are a bushel of gruesome gossip, a peck of haunting hearsay, and a pinch of salty sass. Lean in and listen to stories of the unearthly, unexplained, and incomprehensible. Send us your WTF What the Fright stories to Southern Fried Frights at Outlook.com to be read from the swing. We are back to continue pinpointing Bigfoot across America. Join us as we put a pin in a few areas of our very own grand state of Kentucky. Every state within the U.S. is home to claims of Bigfoot sightings, and Kentucky, of course, is no exception. The reason we chose this campsite is it's secluded from the rest of the campground. There's only one other campsite to the left, and then everything else around that is forest. All of a sudden, we hear sticks snapping like something stepping on a stick. The bush, like, blew up. Something jumped on this bush. I can feel that something's out there. Over Bigfoot is nothing new. A creature that walks and acts like a man, but covered in hair like an ape. And don't forget that most recognized trait, the unnaturally large footprint. After years of living in the city, the Nunleys were happy to relocate and to return to the quiet and simple life of the country. In February of 1975, Red and Rose Nunley and their six kids moved into a small remote farmhouse a few miles east of Henderson in Spotsville, Kentucky, located very close to the banks of the Green River. Come spring, Red planned on growing several acres of tobacco Rose would plant a big vegetable garden, and the kids would have plenty of room to play in the big backyard. A perfect oasis on Mound Ridge Road. Sounds like the ideal country living. Oh, yes. There was one thing about the place that some folks may find troubling. The perfect family home came with a hairy feller (sighs) and a warning from the previous tenant. He shared his story with the Nunleys. One day, he fired his rifle several times through the back screen door because the hairy feller was looking in at him. Red wasn't concerned. He was smart, tough, and not easily rattled. In his opinion, a 12-gauge shotgun would cure anything and everything that would come onto the property without a proper invitation. I can live by those rules. Yeah. As planned, when the spring rolled around, tobacco and vegetables were planted. Despite the loss of a few chickens to an assumed weasel, life was good, and then it wasn't. At first, it was only in the darkness they could be heard. At night, the Nunleys would hear strange noises in the surrounding fields or from the woods behind the house. Some nights, it would come closer. It could be heard drinking from the small creek near the backyard, gulping like a cow or a horse. Bart Nunley was a young boy when the events occurred, but he has vivid memories of the creatures and the effects of the events on his family. 
It's been over 35 years ago, and I remember like it was, was yesterday. But what I remember most was the fear that we all felt when these things came around. I bet he does. Yeah, impressionable Absolutely. when you're young. Then one night, it edged closer to the house. Harold, the oldest son, had upon his father's request, moved his family of five to a mobile home next to the main house. At 8 p.m., Rose stepped out onto the porch to call the family for a late suffering. <laughs> They would be suffering at one point in time or another. Her cooking was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> they called it, they call it supper. They called it suffering. Oh, we got to go have suffering again. Let's start over. At 8 p.m., Rose stepped out onto the porch to call the family for a late supper. She looked to her left and spotted a giant shadow standing near the shed. A hairy figure, at least eight feet tall. Here is Rose's account of the incident. We had this big dust of dawn light out there beside the house, and I just happened to look over there, and there was this thing standing right directly under that light. But this had, uh, his face looked kind of like a leather or something, you know? But its hair was long, its arms was long, and it, it was tall, and it was covered with, it looked like dark brown hair, of course. It was night, but he was under that light. Of course, I screamed. Harold came running with his gun, and Red loaded his shotgun. Shaken up, Rose called the police. The police came out and looked around the house, but found nothing. The police believed it to be a bear. They warned the family that it is against the law to shoot a bear. Rose countered with, he said, well, I guess you know now. I said, it's against the law to shoot a bear. I said, I guess you know. I don't care what it is. If it comes through that back door after me or my kids or husband, I'll shoot it. I'm going to tell you, I think Rose is in the right here. So do I. She's a spitfire. She sure is. <laughs> I admire Rose in her, in her spirit. Rose is backwoods legit don't take no shit <laughs> that then she he, is i could hear her just screaming at those kids saying you better get in this house or i'm gonna light you up yeah get your tail in here before i light you up well, yeah she's a tough one. Oh yes <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> after this sighting the encounters intensified occurring on a regular basis day and night after several nightly calls the police stopped responding bart remembered that they just stopped coming out to help it was just a really, a really scary situation because when, once it got going, it was almost every night these things would come up and terrorize our family. The reason that we were also scared is no one knew what it was, you know. We didn't have any idea about Bigfoot back then. I was nine years old, never heard of Bigfoot, and neither had my father. Yeah, they would That's just stop sad. coming because they didn't believe them. Yeah. They thought they were cuckoo. Right. They would call them to come out, and they would just be ignored. Now, what if they really had a family emergency? Yeah, that's so crazy. And they were just, they, and Red being such a tough guy, I yeah. mean, I think it's very important to remember that he was a tough guy. I did read later on that he was getting glaucoma, so he was starting to lose his eyesight. Mm. And that probably was something very fearful for him, too, that he couldn't see and sure. protect. Sure. And that's probably why he moved his older son yeah. there closer. Absolutely. I mean, so much for the, the popo. Yeah. I mean, aren't you there to protect and serve? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and they're that's probably sad. the main reason because I think, in my opinion, I wasn't there. It was years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're going to be the main reason why these people experience so much ridicule mm -hmm. and being, I mean, come on. 
sad. It is sad. I mean, these people are terrified. There's a reason. Absolutely. Do they call you all the time? I mean, right. come on. There's a reason why they called you. They Absolutely. were terrified. Yes. 100%. In the coming days, the family would experience something so terrifying and have several emotional encounters with the Spotsville monster, a name given to the creatures by the Henderson newspaper, and later identified as Bigfoot. I, I've seen it several times after that. It was running down the road over a fence there by the barn. And it was, I would say, every bit of eight foot tall. The family believed that there were more than just one. Farm animals would disappear. It killed over 250 of our chickens, a horse, a goat. Uh, just It killed everything but our dogs. And our dogs were... They were really vicious dogs, but when this thing would come up, they would run underneath the house where it couldn't reach them. The news of the sightings produced interviews, sketch drawings, newspaper articles, and, as to be expected, relentless ridicule from individuals that didn't believe their stories. Bart said, you know what you experienced? You know that it is real. Most people can't believe something like this unless they experience it. Absolutely. There's so much truth in that statement. So much truth. Yes. There's a lot of things like that. If I don't see it or myself, and even if they do see it, they're not going to tell. Right. They're not telling anyone because they're afraid they're going to get ridiculed. Absolutely. They see this family getting picked on and made fun of probably and people laughing behind their backs. Yep. They're not going to want to experience it. Nobody believed them. They were alone. Fortunately... The family met a man we will call R, which lived close to the family, close to their farmhouse, okay. and had also seen the monster and had a few close encounters of his own. Ooh. He offered to help them. My, how the tables have turned. Yeah, that's right. Somebody else is seeing it. Absolutely. Let's dig deeper into this story. There's some safety. other things going on. There's safety, safety in numbers. numbers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and probably they are right. There's probably more than one. Absolutely. Whatever this is, there's more than one. Yes. There's probably a, a group. lot more. Yeah, yeah. There's a group. There's a herd. Do you think they call them herds? You know, pack? Pack? Herd? I don't know. Crowd? <laughs> <laughs> Flock? School? Yeah, I'll, there's lots of names we can I think know, of. We I guess. Call them whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll call them. A, we'll call them a herd. Okay. Okay. So R asked to be anonymous because of the criticism he receives when he tells his story. It was a not a pleasant time because nobody would believe what was down there unless you actually went down there. Uh, actually, the very first time I saw it, it was in a, inside of an old building looking through the opening and it was standing right there in front of me. I'll never forget it I, and I don't know how to describe it other than it just disappeared. I was looking dead at it, had a shotgun, loaded shotgun in my arms and my hands and I had no time to even point if, if I was going to shoot it. Okay, there was no there was no time and no availability of me to even turn the gun to squeeze the trigger. It just disappeared. The game warden came out to ours after he heard of the accounts of the sightings. Our was warned to stay away from his neighbor's place. Yeah. Leave the bear alone. Still convinced it's a bear. Uh Uh-huh. Or I am going to prosecute you and make an example of you. That was the threat he got from the game warden. Oh, my gosh. And so they told me basically stay away from down there. Well, that wasn't going to happen because there wasn't anybody helping them. And nobody, I mean, how would you feel if your family's down there and you've got a whole bunch of kids and your wife and you and the kids are all scared to death every night. And there's not but one person shows up to take care, take your part or believes you 
or anything else. And the police are not going to do anything. Others in the area would report sightings, and some would move away because of their experiences. Now, this is a small town. At the time, I think they said it was just 375 people in okay. Scottsville. Okay. I think that was the... Minuscule. The, yeah. Yeah. And to me, you know, we go back to, and I don't mean it in an insulting way, because I don't mean it at all, because where I'm from, my grassroots are, you know, yes. like, my grassroots are, <laughs> I got grassroots. Yeah. yeah they're deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think they'd probably look at them and say, what a bunch of dumb hillbillies. Right. It's like, really? Oh, yeah. Growing up in Tennessee, I, I get yeah. that. Yeah. Growing up in, in the area where I grew up, it's like, we were called, we were labeled hillbillies. Yeah. It's like, I thought you were dumb. Absolutely. If it's so bad that you got to move away. Right. Then and there's a real problem here. And th- to think, anytime you think, oh, we're in trouble, who do we call? The police. Police. Won't even help you? No. Or the game warden. Of all people, telling, threatening you. Yeah. Threatening you to shut your mouth and quit helping out your neighbors. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So the Nunleys stayed until January of 1976, and then they also decided to return to the city. Wow. So sad. I felt bad for them. But it it was heartbreaking for me that they left. But honestly, if it's not, I guess with the animal problem, it is a problem. Mm -hmm. But if that hadn't happened and it's really just hanging around, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know that I would be that. I mean, I'd be very unnerved by it, honestly. But I don't know that I would have left. Maybe I would have stayed. And Well, the problem is, I think the reason why it was hanging around or these beasts or whatever you want to call them, monsters were hanging around is because they probably had livestock. Right. And it was easy prey. Right. I'll just get into the chicken coop and grab myself a chicken. Yeah. Oh, there's dinner. I'm waiting for dark. I'm going to go jump into the pen and get myself a pig or a goat. Yeah. Or whatever was out. A horse. Because... (laughs) Whatever they could find. Dogs. creature... (laughs) probably is so used to foraging and having to wait long times between meals catching things whatever it is this is like a smorgasbord it's like somebody who's been on a fast for Mm -hmm. three weeks and only doing juice cleanses they Mm -hmm. go to an all-you-can-eat buffet yeah when people left i'm sure or quit having livestock and maybe just farmed right um perhaps maybe that's what drove them out or moved them farther into the the forest so they weren't there to uh, the Squatch family was very upset. They're like, son of a biscuit. They Why moved on did they move? Her. Yeah. Bart had a quote, and I, I really like this quote. He said, the unknown creatures, which collectively are known as the Spotsville monsters, are still there, have always been there, and they aren't going away. Let me tell you a little bit about Bart. The Spotsville, Spotsville monster lunged Bart into a lifetime dedicated to cryptid research and investigation. Mm -hmm. He has written about his experience while living on the farm and his research into inhumanoids. Oh. He is the author of four books. Wow. The Inhumanoids, Mysterious Kentucky, Volumes 1 and 2, and Bigfoot in Kentucky. He hosts a cast called The Inhumanoid Encounters. And that is on, um, I found it on YouTube. Cool. And I want to say that Southern Fried Frights will be subscribing. Perfect. So be looking for us, Bart. It's, yeah, it was nice. I listened to a few of the stories and uh, he does a very nice job with them. He's, you know, it's sincere. Absolutely. And that's important when somebody tells their story. You need to have somebody that's really going to listen to it and support it. Yes. And this is a common thing that we've seen from Sutton Farms 
throughout any of our factual truth stories, people who have seen or experienced these things are truly changed by them. Mm -hmm. And they really do tell their stories with a conviction. I mean, the Suttons left their farm because of what happened. Right, right. These, I I draw a lot of parallels with these two. Mm -hmm. They were tormented and then they left their farm. Today, this story would go a whole lot different. Oh, yeah. There would be flocks of people set up to video, record, mm-hmm. look into. I mean, it would go so differently. Yeah. Well, there's so many groups out there that. <laughs> Absolutely. So much support. And now I want to know if anyone in this area has seen anything since. And this is Spots, Spotsville. Uh-huh. Spotsville, Kentucky. And it's near Henderson. Okay. East of Henderson. If anybody listening is from that area, I would love to know if you've seen anything since then. Because this is with the 70s. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of growth. 75, a lot of change. Yeah. So, um, but I do feel like as Kentuckians, we tend to, our outer regions do tend to stay farmland. Mm. They don't, you know, we don't overpopulate that kind of stuff mm-hmm. too, too much. Right. I do think we do in the cities stuff. But so I'm hoping this is still some kind of farmland. Someone knows something and can tell us an update. Now in the county... There's a, a total of 16 sightings. Wow. And I'll tell you, this this day and age, it would be totally different. Yes, it would be. And it, it is totally different. Absolutely. I mean, now people talk about it. And I think you might have something on it. Uh, the next story. I do. So um, uh, a couple was camping at a national park in Kentucky and said they were roused from their tent by a man who told them he had seen a Bigfoot. To these woods... A tall, upright figure on two legs with a severe arm swing turned at him and looked, severely wide shoulders, and went into these woods here. Okay, so you're, you've hiked a five-mile hike. You're in your tent, tired. It's two o'clock in the morning. You hear something outside of your tent, first and foremost. Uh, Bear. Scared to death, right? Bear. Last thing I want to do is open it. No, I wouldn't open it. Well, then a man starts speaking. I mean, and you're far out and telling you he's seen a book, Bigfoot. I saw a Bigfoot just over there. So this was a young couple from co- a college couple. Um, the man said he fired into the darkness after the ape-like monster that has never been proven to exist lunged at him. Okay. And I said, get away from here. Get. Get. And he went right back out that path again. So law enforcement rangers with the Mammoth Cave National Park, because that's where they were, uh, responded to the incident involving the camper with the firearm on um, the park's backcountry campsites early on a Sunday morning. Basically, the two people, Brad Jinn and Madeline Durand, Western Kentucky University students, are the ones who um, were uh, awoken. And they said, are you ready for this? This was their quote. It was scary to know there was a man out there shooting a gun at nothing. <laughs> they were not believers. I guess not. It could have been a bear. It could have been. And this was in 2019. Didn't they hear the shots? Well, okay, so he woke them up and said, there's a Bigfoot. I'm going after it. And if you hear anything, so so here's how it happened. Um, they were sleeping in her tent around um, two in the morning when he got to the tent a man came to their campsite and said we're here in bigfoot country i've seen one and i'm going after it then he showed them the gun in his back pocket and told them to quote run if you hear shots 
Okay, I'm gonna interrupt. You need a gun to go hunting for Bigfoot. I mean, you need some kind of power. That's like an elephant. Right. What are you trying to do? Just piss him off? You need a big gun. A gun in my pocket. Is that, that a gun, gun in, in your po- pocket? <laughs> you just happy to see, see me. me. <laughs> Why don't you come on over here, pretend my pocket and find out? <laughs> I need to be frisked. <laughs> Well, here was my first thing. I was like, okay, you see a Bigfoot. You're going to go after it. That's your plan. But let me stop off at this tent over here and let these folks know at 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey. Hey, yo, Bigfoot country. We're in Bigfoot country. Get a move on if you hear any gunshots. Okay, so we've set the scene. He comes to the tent. Hey, Bigfoot's out there. I'm going after it. Okay. Your shots run. They're like, what the hell? It's like they don't believe in Bigfoot. I'd be like, I'm one sorry, thing. I'm still dreaming. <laughs> so then um, the, the man, and he had a son with him. They were both going off to hunt Bigfoot. So old enough. The son was old enough. This says he was a young, he was young. So this says, in a quote, a few minutes later, we see the lights approaching again. As they got closer, we hear the man yell something like, oh my God, do you see it? There it is. Okay, so looking out their tent... Um, the two people watched as the man, quote, shot his gun into the darkness. They then ran from their tent. This is the part that really gets me. This cuckoo man is running around shooting a gun in the middle of the woods in the dark. Uh-huh. They then get out of their tent and run to the man to see what's happening. They're but they also, were afraid because he was had a gun. Right. Why would you run to somebody that has a gun that you're afraid of? They're also 22 years old, so, you know. Now, is there well, guns allowed in the park? It is a huge no-no to shoot a gun in the in park. A park. Now, if you just have your gun on you, they're not going to say anything. Probably not. But if you take it into a federal building or the museums, whatever mm-hmm. they may have, like, mm-hmm. out there, yeah. that's an issue. But if you shoot the gun off in the park. Big mistake. Big. Huge. Yes. Did they catch the guy? Did they catch okay, him? Okay, well, here we go. The man, quote, says, I saw Sasquatch emerge from the brush near our tent and I started to approach him. We were like, are you serious? It's campers, okay, quoted. And the man said, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> the man told them, quote, it's dangerous, and I hope you have weapons. The man and his son then left, and the couple called 911. 911, what's your emergency? Hiked the five miles back to their car. And a spokeswoman from Mammoth Cave National Park confirmed that law enforcement did respond to an incident involving an individual with a firearm about 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. They said that no injuries occurred. Except for Bigfoot. Well, apparently not even Bigfoot. Put that gun away. You're going to put somebody's eye out. Yep. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't. That would be like a bee sting. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Just make yeah. him mad? I mean, I, I mean, can't get over that. With as big as he is, he can run after you in about three steps. He could swipe at you and yeah. probably... He could probably rip you in half and rip your arms off and beat you with the bloody stumps if he wanted to. Right in front of your sons. <laughs> They're watching. <laughs> That's right. So, possession of firearm within parks is... It is legal. Okay, so you can have it in the park on your oh, on yourself. Okay, but you can't shoot you it. You cannot take it 
into any federal facility, cave tours, tour buses, concessions, and you sure as heck cannot discharge your firearm at all. It is strictly prohibited. What if he was fearing for his life? Now that I don't, I don't know if you could get a little lesser sentence. Or well, he a felt more. that Bigfoot was threatening his life and his son's yes, life, so he did. And I think the there was this guy something high? in, yeah, in the in the sauce. He, been I guess nipping. he might have been nipping a little bit. That's what I'm thinking. It's a different kind of Bigfoot. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking it's a moonshining Bigfoot. Yeah. Maybe. Come on, whiskey woodbuilder. That's that grass man. <laughs> grass man. <Garbage made>. Weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really what it so is. So I'm not a. Th- he did get charged. I don't know about that, actually. They I didn't say his name, huh? I, I don't have that. It sounds to me like maybe this is a crime. No charges and- were filed. Oh, okay. okay. Park officials know the identity of the person who allegedly fired the weapon. You know, that's a big part. Allegedly. Wait, yeah. <laughs> And so, no charges have been filed. Well, they didn't really see him fire the gun. Correct. They heard it. So, it could have been anybody. You know what happened? Bigfoot wrestled him for the gun. Bigfoot got the gun. Bigfoot fired the gun. A warning shot. And he gave the gun back. Bigfoot is um, also very smart. He is. Don't stay um, this elusive for this long without having some brains on you. It's a big head for a reason. All right. Well, I've got a. I've got one too. I'm not sure of the exact location this encounter took place, but it is in the general area of the Green River. I call this story "Dixie Don't Hunt No More." Oh yeah. Yes. I have so, a lot to say about this one. Yeah. <laughs> I have strong opinions. (laughs) Me and Dixie are walking out of the woods. I have my light on and I have Dixie on a lead. Yes, Dixie is a dog. A wonderful, (laughs) sweet little hunting hunting dog. dog. I get the notion as she's walking, she looks to her right, takes two, three steps, looks to her right, and two or three steps and would look to her right. This goes on for a bit. I'm going to say about five minutes. Right at the bottom of the holler, Dixie is now really looking hard to her right. I look up and the field had about six or seven horses in it. They come down into the holler. Perfect. All the horses are right on the fence and they're all looking the same way Dixie is looking. Hard right. We're all looking now. And so he shines his light. He's trying to get an eye shine, but the light is just too, the light ain't strong enough. So he switches his light off, which I never would have done. Right. No wonder Dixie don't hunt. She's afraid of dark. Yeah. (laughs) Dustin sees movement. Something kind of leans out and looks at him, like looks behind a tree and leans out and then leans back in. And he could see where the trees are blocking. Like he could see it. Something's playing peekaboo. Uh-huh. Playing Mm -hmm. peekaboo. Yep. And I'm thinking... Okay, we done walked up on a black bear or something like that. And that would be the logical thing Absolutely. to think. Absolutely. I, I right away thing. would say, bear. I'm seeing a, a bear. Absolutely. I would say that. It's like standing up. It looks around. I get to watching it more. Like I said, the lights are off and all the horses are still looking this direction. They're like, oh, everyone's got their attention to this shadow figure. He sees it move like 10 yards. It stops and it looks. 
and you can see its shoulders. They're very, very broad. Uh-huh. I mean, about four and a half foot shoulders. You it's can like see the head. <laughs> it's a very distinct outline of the head. You, you can see the long arms. Eight and a half, maybe nine foot tall. Wow. That's a big one. And it wasn't a bear. He's now he's now come to the conclusion. That not a bear. bear. No. Not nope. Blame. I don't know why he stood. This guy had to stand there a long time to be Absolutely. watching. Absolutely. There's no way this went by in seconds. No, no. Especially if it's peeking out, moving a few feet, peeking out a good amount of time. It's seeing him. I think it, it actually was looking I agree. Him. He said that they, the steps were very fluid, walking like a man, just yeah. walking back and forth. I believe it came just over across the fence and then it went back because once it hit the trail, it picked up one, two, one, two, one, two, like a really fast stride, it sounds yeah. like. It picked up to a dead run. Uh, Never seen a bear run on its hind. like that. No. Mm-mm. No. I know the area really well. He said, I pretty much grew up here. This is where I'm from. I grew up in this backwoods. I know all of it. Yep. It went down the logging road, and I heard it break timber. Uh, heard the water splashing, and then it hit dry land, and then he heard it hit the creek again. Uh, and it sounded like a big old log falling in the water. I believe it. Oh, this was god-awful. His quote, not mine. <laughs> Splash. It, yeah. I have no clue where it went from there. Because but he followed I it. Yeah, it's almost like he was, he was like, he knew where it was going, but he said he didn't know. Now, he didn't mention that in the interview that he actually followed it. This guy was really, he was into watching this creature. Because he said, I, I lost it and couldn't keep yeah, up he with said it. Yeah, he said, I lost it and it just got away. It got too far away. So I yeah. think he was walking towards it, but I really do believe he was maybe subconsciously he just kept moving towards it like it was drawing him to curiosity sure after he figured out it wasn't a bear curiosity absolutely he's walking towards it he's trying to figure out what it is you know you get to that point where like what the hell is that i'm seeing it when you know it's not a bear it's like what the hell am i seeing then well and he might have been and that's what caused it to start running the other way yeah. Because I think he was probably moving toward it. Yep. And it and got, scared. got scared. It got, yeah. it got spooked. Absolutely. I mean, so, not a lot of people come after him that way, you know. I'm distance. just wondering if maybe he was just not even realizing. That he was moving. He was moving and towards was it. Like, mad, yeah. really looking at it. Like, intently right. looking at it. Right. So, maybe that's what happened in this case. Yeah. And, and pretty impressive. Yeah. But let's talk about Dixie. I do have to say something about Dixie. Uh-huh. It took Dixie two days to quit shaking. That poor baby. It was like she was freaking out. Oh. She never went hunting again. I tried everything I knew. My wife tried everything she knew. After that, Dixie never was the same. We ended up giving her away. This is where I have an issue, folks. That is irresponsible pet parenting. You had this dog who's been by your side hunting, was by your side through a Sasquatch attack almost, was just right there with you stride for stride, keeping an eye on you, and then she don't want to hunt no more because she got she literally got scared to death. She did. She didn't got stop terrified. shaking for two days, and you're just gonna dump her out on the next person. Uh uh-uh. uh. Very passionate about this. devastating Very for passionate. Dixie. I've got it. Well, maybe she went to a really good home. I wonder what Dixie would have done off the leash. 
Oh, my. I mean, they can't run as fast as Squatch, I'm sure, but, I mean, dogs can really get a run in, especially hunting dogs uh, and stuff. So yeah. I would love to have known what he, well, I mean, God, he's just going to give her up anyway. Might as well just let her off the leash, see what she'd do. I think she would have run the other she way. Probably, you think she'd run the other way? She didn't try to run the other way Remember, when she was out there. Was Dixie she don't just, hunt no more. She just stood there <laughs> wide-eyed. I mean, the poor thing didn't stop shaking for two days. I know, I know. She was freaking out. I'm devastated Poor for baby. Dixie. I would have had her sleeping in my bed. She would have been sleeping with yeah. me. I would have been snuggling her. She needed, she needed a little bit of mommy love. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you right now, there needs to be, like, payback for Dixie. Like, let's we're revolt. Gonna, we're going to start a GoFundMe for yeah. Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> she can buy a steak and any toys she wants. But, I mean, now this encounter is major to me. I, I mean, this person was headstrong enough to f- chase or follow he's pretty and, brave i mean it is yeah i mean it it's a lot and mm-hmm. this is a long encounter yeah this is not the 10 seconds i saw it sitting on a rock and then i turned around and it, it was, was gone, gone. Yeah. yeah impressive mm-hmm. it is an impressive story but kind of blo- no knocks your socks yeah off, it does blows it, you away a little bit. yeah that's a wow story yeah exactly um, okay, so let's talk about in Kentucky, there is said to be um, in the woods of Bell and Harlan counties, there is said to be some grave sites for the uh, famed cryptid, Bigfoot. So we've heard that they bury their dead. Thomas Markham, the founder of the Crypto Crew, a cryptozoology and paranormal research group based in Kentucky, um, and he's an author of Understanding Bigfoot, Helpful Information and Answers to Common Questions. In early December, he wondered on his Crypto Crew blog whether or not these large mounds that were found in the woods of Bell and Harlan counties in Kentucky could be grave sites for Bigfoot. There may be, this may be the reason. This is something he is um, pretty solid on. This, this is the reason why there are no Bigfoot skeletons, because they bury their dead. So, quote, one of the reasons why we may not find Bigfoot bones often is that they bury their dead. There are several very credible researchers I spoke with on this subject. So Mr. Markham has described the sites as two large mounds of dirt and rocks about 30 to 40 feet apart, located deep in the woods of Kentucky. So this is an area where I have had several Bigfoot encounters and found many tracks, Markham has said. Now, of course, I have no idea if these are really graves or just old humps of dirt on the ground. It could be nothing more than a natural formation or something a person did a long time ago. I have not and would not dig into them, but I'm confident that Bigfoot does bury their dead. In this same area in 2018, he found what he thinks was a a 10-inch long Bigfoot footprint. 10-inch? Yeah, a 10-inch long footprint, which I feel like might be small for Bigfoot. Maybe it was a baby. Baby foot. Maybe it was a baby foot. So in an email interview, Markham has said he has many sightings of Bigfoot activity in this area. He's been researching Bigfoot for more than 20 years and has seen him many times. 
I've seen it on several occasions, he said. They are not dumb animals, but very intelligent beings that have a language. Over the years, I've had many things happen, spoken with thousands of witnesses, and found a lot of evidence on these forest people. Okay, I want to just say, so they equate Bigfoot with the ape. Yes. So apes have been found to be intelligent. Absolutely. But I think this is be a, this is more of a Step advanced. Up. It's an advanced. Could this be the missing link? It could be the missing wow. link. Wow. I've never be. thought about that. Yeah. Maybe. This is where everybody but I I know I did not come from an animal, a a, a monkey. I did Or not. a fish. I mean, no fish. I mean, if, if that were the case, then a lot of fish would be crawling out of the water coming yeah. out as humans. It's like, I mean, I see the fish in my tank right now. And they all got the ick right now. They got the ick. With their like white, that. swollen yeah. eye. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's this called, is it. This is where they called, think they, they call it from. the ick, but it's got a scientific name, I'm sure. Yeah, ichthia something. Some, I mean, it's yeah. like a, it's but they like call a it parasite, ick. but they call it ick. Yeah. So I'm looking at these nasty fish like, really? Gross. You think this is where we came from? Yeah, Thank we did not. We, I, I know I didn't. No. Y'all, that's a little much for me. I've never been a strong swimmer. <laughs> I'm a great swimmer. But I sure can't breathe underwater. So no. what happened to that skill? That would come in handy in my pool. You can, but not for very long. No, no, it will not, it will not help me out very much. No. Um, <clears throat> so he said that one of the misconceptions was that Bigfoot was only in certain parts of the country, like the Pacific Northwest. And he's had plenty of sightings of Bigfoot in Kentucky. Um, and he said starting when he was a teenager. Wow. 50. His first encounter happened when he was 15 years old. His father and him were coon hunting. Oh, yeah. Maybe he might knows be that a, guy. He might. Wow. They might have talked. They, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What if he's the one who has Dixie now? If he does. Oh, that would be a great connection. That would be a great connection. I yeah. need to know. <laughs> if you're out there, please let us know. If Mr. Markham, if you have Dixie the dog, because I hope you do. At least she'd be getting out her time out in the woods. That's right, because she likes it out there. Right. Um, they had something pace them on the side of a mountain. Our dogs were terrified, and so were we. At that time, I didn't know or understand what was pacing us. But years later, I'd figure it out. It so clear. in 2013, he said he got a clearer view of Bigfoot. It was a cold and snowy day. We had got about two to three inches of wet snow. We live in a very heavily wooded area with forest in front and behind our home. I looked out the window and saw a very large, I'd guess around 10 foot tall, black haired creature walking on the side of the mountain. I was maybe 100 yards away with a clear view. This very large black figure stepped in between two large trees, moved off to the right and up a small ravine. It was a good sighting for him. Um, so Bigfoot investigation show on Discovery Channel spent time in this area looking for evidence. In season two, they found numerous accounts from residents about mysterious sightings and sounds. One of those witnesses was Tracy Turner, a pastor and former employee of the Kentucky State Police. I came across that story. Yeah. Story too. Yeah. Very credible. Very credible. Yeah, produced an audio recording of what. Mm -hmm. In season three, the investigators returned to that area. Found what they believe, are you ready for this, is primate DNA. Possible evidence Bigfoot lives in southeastern Kentucky. Is it a tooth? I, that doesn't, that is not discussed. Because it, it, 
you know, there's been say. some teeth found that they're wondering right. they can't identify. But according to Markham, it should come as no surprise that Bigfoot has chosen the bluegrass state to live in. I mean, the area is not subject to extreme cold temperatures, which is a fib. We had negative two degrees. That's a fib. I that think is a that's fib. pretty chilly. It was a little cold that day. Of course, it's a great place to live. <clears throat> yeah. Come on. Here we are. Abundance of food <laughs> and water. Tons of fast and loose women. No, he did not say that. <laughs> we do have a follow-up story on the Ohio Grassman. It is a possible encounter, but it has not been verified. My husband, back in his college days, he went to uh, Hawking uh, Technical College. At the time, it was called Hawking Technical College. It's now called Hawking College in Nelsonville, Ohio. He was in the Wreck and Wildlife. He's always been into, you know, nature, wildlife. Always wanted to know everything about it. Things was raised, like. yeah, right in the backyard was Wayne National Forest, right. where he was raised. Mm-hmm. He just really got into it. His grandmother was a hiker; she would mm-hmm. always take him out. And when he was two years old, he actually ran away with the dogs wow. in the woods. Wow. He remembers it vaguely, but he remembers coming back. He said, I remember thinking, I'm going to follow these dogs. So he just followed them and they took him right into the woods. His grandmother was frantic. Oh my gosh. That's something my kid would do. He said, then we sat down and rested and then we came back. Oh my (laughs) God. A little, took a little little walk. Came on back. So. He was out with his classmates. Now, they were all into the Wreck and Wildlife program. They're into the spring. You know, they're at Old Man's Cave. I don't know okay. if you've ever heard of Old uh-huh. Man's Cave, but of course, they all had similar interests. Usually, one of those similar traits is they're adventurous, not ones to stick to the trail. He comes up on a cave. And the others were kind of, they were doing something else. They were like trying to climb a rock or something, you know, boy stuff. Even at age 21, they're still stupid. I think 21, they're kind of the most stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just doing dumb stuff. Of course. And he says he comes up on this cave and he thought it would be a good idea to go in. Now, he doesn't have a light. Yes, I'm going to go in this black dark cave no not even thinking that it could have a ledge that drops off i mean i'm like thinking danger danger (laughs) i would never have went in there in the dark never he decides to go in alone doesn't tell his friends where he's going he just sees this cave and it's like a a moth to a flame i'm gonna go in so he goes in a rock in first no no he goes in and he goes i'm like taking a couple steps and I'm feeling with my feet making sure there's no ledge feeling along and he said I got about three steps in and I hear this guttural growl right in my face I felt the air on my face he got hot Sasquatch breath That's right on got. his face couldn't see it because it was so dark yeah but he said it had to be within inches i didn't even think about it just turned around and started running so when he comes running out of the cave the others have accomplished climbing the rock and they yell out to him where are you going and he tells them out about the creature or whatever it is in the cave that he saw that there's something in the cave he had not labeled it as anything and they were like oh you're just kidding you're just kidding so they come down off the rock and um they wanted to go in the cave and he was like nope I'm not going. You go in first. That's scary as hell. That's a scary story. I'm like, I would you have are never run so fast in my damn life. You <laughs> idiots are on your own. You know how roadrunners' yeah, legs like spin. I, that's what I, spin. I, that's yeah. I picture. Yeah, like, yeah. How like, tall is your husband? He's six foot. 
Okay. And he said it came kind of like down. So mm-hmm. it could have been a bear. Right. Or it could have, because it was close to spring. It could have been, he came up on a bear den. Yeah. Coming out of hibernation. Absolutely. Or could have been a Bigfoot. Could have been. He's lucky. That is very, I mean. Isn't that an interesting story? It's like, why would you do a that? Sasquatch or a bear. It doesn't, it's like, whatever so close. Whatever you were encountering, he was so super close or to it. Or even if it was a, a something else that's on a ledge growling, at whatever what, I it asked him be. that too. I said, could it have been something on a ledge? Like, could it have been? Right. And he said, no, because I was feeling along the cave walls as I was going in. I picture your <laughs> husband now as the park ranger from yeah. Yogi Bear. Yeah. So. Where's my picnic basket? <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> boop, We will be uh, diving a little deeper on our road map to the um, Sasquatch. We're going to be uh, charting our way through the... Canada Canadian Sasquatch there that's my Canadian voice eh <laughs> okay okay maybe we'll come upon Take a bounty up in the up in the hills there they might have some sightings themselves <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a little into the um Kermit the Frog here <laughs> so we're gonna be on our way please come join us we'd love to know if you're up in that area if you've seen anything what you know um but we have something really exciting we do have our first uh, audio wtf into us yeah it's an individual that lives right here in lexington mm-hmm. um they're from lexington and uh they were uh kind enough to send us an audio and it very interesting individual and i think you're going to enjoy his story all right so tune in next week thanks guys that's all for this break folks thanks for stopping by a spell and don't forget to send us your wtf stories to southern fright frights at outlook.com we would appreciate you following us on instagram facebook Spotify, Apple Podcast, and all major podcast platforms. Tune in for next Friday's Fright. Lord willing and the creep don't rise, we'll holler at you later.